Thank you for listening to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric Walker. We are back 2023. Eric, look, we got to dive right in, right? I mean, technically we don't have to because it's been some time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Life happens. Things happen. But that's the, the beautiful thing about podcasts, right? We can kind of pick up where we left off. You know what I mean? Obviously, a lot of things have transpired and happened in the sports world and just in life in general since the last podcast. Was everything okay on the home front? Everything going okay? Uh, For the most part, yeah. I'll say yeah. Like, there, there's a couple things that, you know, I'll probably catch you up on, but nothing too major. Nothing too major. Um, same, I think same type of stuff. Probably just kind of an update, if you will. Um, how's everything going with you, brother? Uh, everything is cool. Uh, cool and copacetic, I guess. I'll say that. You know, one thing I will say is, big thing right now in the state of Ohio, where we are, where we are. Yeah. Sports betting is legal now in Ohio. As of January first, two thousand twenty-three, it became legal. So you see it everywhere now, right? You do. Ads every single place that you can find any type of ads that they got billboards all around the city for FanDuel, DraftKings, you know, any pl- any place that you can bet on, you've heard about it probably through some type of promotional deal, but that's a big that's a big thing, right? Yeah, man, it, it is a big thing, but um it's a frustrating thing that I've felt for like the past couple weeks losing some parlays by like one point is crazy. Yeah, no, it is. point too, not like a... Oh, no, I've been there. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. Uh, but but how do you feel about having sports gambling, sports betting, be legal in the state of Ohio now? Man, it's amazing. I think um, it's one of the things that, like, just... It's simple, right? It, it's easy. It brings um, the state of Ohio some tax money, right? And I think it's easy for us to just jump on our phone and go place a live bet. Um, for guys that, you know, like, I didn't like traveling to Indiana to go to their casino just to place a bet. Like, after a while, it got tired and old for me. And it really just didn't fit in with my schedule, to be honest. So, like, for me to go and at the click of my hand on my phone, just go and place a bet, like, right away, um, that, that's 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 easy money for me. Um, and then it's, too, like, you can catch a live bet. So, like, you don't have to sit in a casino and catch some live bets. I didn't call a couple wins where I just waited till like the last two, three minutes of the fourth quarter at a hoop game and place my bet. Boom, wait two, three minutes, see if I win, good to go. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. So I will say, you know, we got to dial back in. Obviously, we can't recap everything that's transpired or happened in the sports world since the last time we potted, but this is episode 89. Uh, you know, thank you for everybody for tuning back in. Uh, thank you for, um, you know, and obviously we want to apologize for the wait, you know. For sure. But but we are back. Uh, I think our schedules probably now are a little bit more consistent to where we can pod uh, like we used to. Yep, for sure. So with that being said, let's just go ahead and dive right in. Where we are in the NBA landscape now is we're just past the point of the trade deadline right before all-star break right yep and you know before the before the season started everybody was circling a few teams in the east brooklyn being one of them brooklyn boston obviously and then you got uh the milwaukee bucks which i think is a very interesting team as we get closer and closer to you know the end of the season right think that's a very interesting team in the east but the big headlines across the trade deadline were obviously Kyrie Irving who had demanded a trade and we saw him get traded where a lot of people were you know especially Lakers fans were hoping he would you know or thinking he would go back to LA to be with LeBron James as the Lakers have been up and down and you know seem to be struggling over the uh, first half of the season not really being that playoff contender, championship contending team that they, you know, wanted to be going into the season. But Kyrie Irving actually ended up in Dallas with Luka Doncic, which this is this is gonna be a scary thing. You know, obviously you, we know the skill set that Kyrie Irving has, but then we also know the skill set and how just deadly Luca has been this season already. So 
that was not only the the first trade that really like kicked things off to where people were like, oh okay, but his counterpart with the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, traded to the Phoenix Suns for Mikael Bridges, Cam Jordan, and they got what like two first round picks out of that deal. He was like three, <clears throat> three first round picks. Oh, okay, my apologies, but I mean you take all that into factor and you say, man. Brooklyn, they're either really smart or they're just resetting to try to build something different, right? Like, but I, I think that it's a little bit of both. But what what's your take on on both of those trades? Oh, so um, I want to start off like with the with the part where you went from the with the Lakers. Um, I think Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buzz, whoever else, LeBron James. Maverick Carter, um, they all need to realize one thing. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers, there is no way in hell you can leak out information to anybody saying that you're going to make a trade for somebody. I don't understand how it's taking them so long to understand that because as soon as you are linked to a player... You are no longer able to get that player because you have leaked this information. It's already um, an issue when a superstar wants to get traded to a specific team like the Lakers. But on top of that, a LeBron James team Lakers, right? So it's going to be hard for a guy to like Kyrie Irving. Bradley Beal, et cetera, et cetera, to even any any give um, any point to get traded to that team, just hard. It's just really hard. Um, but Kyrie goes to Dallas. Kyrie Kyrie's traded to Dallas. He wants out because of several different reasons. Um, some may say that they're warranted. Some may say that they weren't. Um, I'm kind of on the fence of, uh, on a, on the middle of between the two. But I'm glad that he got what he wanted to get out of uh, Brooklyn. Um, I think it was a good try and a deal for um, Dallas Mavericks to, to, to make a deal for Kyrie Irving to say, okay, we're going to go get somebody for Luka to help him. Not only we're going to get somebody to help him, but somebody we could experiment with um, to potentially see how well Luka can play with somebody that's ball dominant as well, right? Um, he Kyrie Irving doesn't have to be, but he could be, and that's that's how you can tell really with playing with a guy like Kyrie Irving if Luca has the capability of playing with other superstars. He hasn't had to do that in his career so far, so I think it was a good move for them. Um, they got Kyrie on a one year deal or basically the end of the season deal. Um, but I, I I have a caveat to this. I don't think Kyrie Irving signs back to an extension. I think this deal was made with the hopes that he would, but I don't think it happens. I think Kyrie walks and chooses where he goes. If I'm Kyrie Irving, I want that. Don't settle for Dallas because they traded for you. You've had you've only had two times you opportunities where you walked away and you walked away once to the wrong place, which was Brooklyn. Don't do it again. Take advantage of your situation. And make the charge that you can make the idea where you want to go versus sit settling for Dallas. Um, and then with the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns, uh, Kevin Durant. Oh my God, that's a home run hit, right? Well, it should be. Um, we talk about a new owner, young owner, um, wanting to 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 do what it took to get a guy like Kevin Durant. That's a special special talent, and one of the Things that I believe of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both, those are two guys in this league that are superstar level guys. And there's probably maybe one or two more that are out there, but they can plug and play anywhere. There is no system that they need to play in. Um, I think those guys are superior talents. And what a guy like Kevin Durant on the Phoenix Suns, I've penciled them in to be the finals champions. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm really like, look, I love the idea of Kevin Durant going there, and it tells me a few things. It, no, of course you do. No, 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 Here's your new- <laughs> no. It, it tells me it tells me a few things. It tells me that the Phoenix Suns they know that that window for Chris Paul's opportunity to get a ring is probably coming to a close. Can I pause you? I want. I was glad you was gonna say that. Yes, but this wasn't about Chris Paul. Chris Paul was actually offered in the trade to get Kyrie Irving too. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and just look. wanted to let you know. No, that. And, 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 and this I, is the owner saying we got a window, and let's let's try to take advantage of the window. Yeah, no, and, and I understand that, but I'm saying not only the window for so this is the part where I, I wanted to finish, right? Okay, my bad. So okay. not only is the window for Chris Paul to get a ring closed in, but the window for that team to really be a top of the West is probably closing, right? For sure. You know what I mean? So it's that's why you do what you do to get a player like Kevin Durant. Even, you know, not even knowing what the future holds for the rest of the team, right? Because at the end of the season, what do they still have to do? They have to figure out what they're going to do about DeAndre Ayton. Yep. And I think a lot of that comes down to this deal. Because if they can get there, but and this is, and this is where I would say it should be a, a home run deal, right? Because Kevin Durant is, over the past few years, has dealt with Injuries. Yes. You know, but when he's available, he's amazing because he's Kevin Durant. He's one of the top ten scorers of all time when you talk about his ability, right? He he is. Might be top five, maybe top three. And he, he may be the purest scorer <laughs> ever, right? Right. But I'm saying like he's a but he's a top ten scorer, like flat out. Like the, sure. the the boy can ball. Yeah, he's a hooper. Yeah. He's a true hooper. And I think that with the, their hopes is that he can recover after the All-Star break, come back, make a huge impact on the team, which I'm sure he can. You know, Devin Booker's not a selfish guy. He's a guy who can go out there. He can give you 50 points, or he can get you 20 points and 10 assists. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, And I think that they know that, so they're like, okay, Book can play off the ball. Uh, CP, he, he can play off the ball when need be. But Kevin Durant, he can do anything. But but and that's the thing though, you don't need Kevin Durant to play on the ball. You allow CP to play on the ball. You allow him to run one five pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton, and now you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, two highly scoring efficient guys in the league on the wings that can play one on one. Yeah. Not only that, now you don't ask Chris Paul to score because we all know in his nineteen to twenty year career. He doesn't want to score. He doesn't want to be a leading scorer on the team. He wants to be a facilitator. Like, we've heard him say that. So, that you now you put Chris Paul back into where the bucket where he can play at, at his best. And, and, and that guys can get rest, too, with all those guys on the team. Yeah, so, I mean, with, and with that beat, with that trade happening now, I think that we will see kind of what, the, what DeAndre Ayton brings to the table, right? And I think that's going to impact what they like. What happens with him at the end of the season? For sure, because okay. it's—I mean, this is a guy you're talking about should be one of the top three big men in the league based off of ability and capability. But at times he's dominant. Other times it's like, what's DeAndre Ayton doing? Right. You know, uh, the the guy like. They, I think they're looking for more dominant consistency out of him. And I think that they feel like adding a player like Kevin Durant is going to give him more opportunities to take away a double team from the paint. So it's like, okay, well, let's see if we can take that away so he can really show his dominance, get that confidence that he needs. You know what I mean? To say, okay, we're comfortable with giving him a max deal right. at the end of the season. Agree. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think it definitely does. Um, so let, let me ask you this. So I kind of went through my little synopsis of everything. Um, how do you feel about Kevin Durant? I mean, uh, Kyrie Irving and at Dallas with Luca. You think that's just gonna that's gonna work? How do you feel about? Also, the second part is if to my comment about me saying that I don't think Kyrie's gonna resign there, or he might test free agency. If in that matter, do you think that that's possible? Because if normally when we see a trade at the trade deadline for a guy like Kyrie Irving, an extension comes behind it, and it hasn't. Yeah, no. So, the, I mean, the way I kind of feel about it and have felt about it since I saw that it happened was like, I'm like, 
It's interesting yeah. because Kyrie is a is a point guard and Luca is a point forward, right? Like, so it'll essentially kind of be like him playing with LeBron, but Luca's he will pass the ball, but I don't necessarily see him as a pass first player, right? Because with the game on the line, LeBron feels comfortable passing to said guy, right? But at the end of the game, Luca typically will want to take the shot. Correct. Which is it's kind of like, okay, he will pass the ball to get his numbers. Like Luke and, and people criticize Russell Westbrook throughout his entire career for saying, you know, he was padding his stats, right? You know, but Luca at the same time, he will do the same damn thing. They get it from one person. I mean, yeah, I mean we can all say that it's, you know, falling from the the, the kind of the creation of LeBron, right? We can. We can say it's falling from the creation of him. Just like, just like when you see a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, 100%. Like, it all kind of falls stems from the same tree. But I, but I say that LeBron, he feels more comfortable passing up that like, that big shot because I don't think he necessarily... he. I don't think he cares to take it. I think Luca is like, no, nah, I'm going to take it. Like, I'm yeah, the big dog. He, he wants to be the big dog. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, and, and this is the thing. I know that Kyrie was willing to say, okay, I will take a backseat to Kevin Durant. Do we know that Kyrie is like, I'm going to take a backseat to Luca? Yeah, and that, that's, part of, that's part of it too is like, to, to Kyrie's standpoint, He's almost like an OG to Luca. He is, <laughs> and he's not that old, right? So yeah, definitely, definitely. I I, I think he tests the free agency, um, and then I think he he finds his home there, and hopefully he can stay there. No, and and, and I agree with you. You know, and, and I think that obviously he's going to get paid. That's that's not the problem. But my only issue is where does he go? You know what I mean? But I think we could see him end up in a place like a San Antonio. I think we could see him end up in a place where it's an opportunity like, and I hate to say it because the market's not big, but the opportunity to win is. But Minnesota, you put him up there with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, is not a, he doesn't have to be a ball-dominant player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we saw the success that they kind of had with D'Angelo Russell. Kyrie Irving is three times better than D'Angelo Russell from a skill, from a skill standpoint. He yeah. can get you a bucket. He can get you the assist. You know, let's, let's be honest. The I, opportunity to win is there. It is. I just don't know if that. I think me taking my bias hat off, I truly think he forces his way to L.A. Lakers or Clippers? Lakers. You, I think I think he he wants to play with another guy. I think he not, I, I'm stop being. He does want to play with LeBron James. And that is clear. He wants to play with somebody like LeBron. Um, I think the KD experience kind of didn't work out. Not necessarily it was KD, but. I think the the way LeBron goes about things, I think Kyrie grew to love that process. I'll tell you this, right? And I'm just going to be completely honest because I think that's what like I love about our podcast, like full transparency on how we really feel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we don't know these people. And this is nothing like where we – it's personal attacks against any, you know what I mean, players, just how we feel, right? right. And what, like, the logical sense – or making logical sense of things that we see. But let's be honest. The Brooklyn experiment failed when they went and got James Harden. That's when it failed. And then, let me tell you why. It failed because you had hopes of having that big three, but then they only played 15 games together. 15! The problem was... And then you, you... Oh, I'm sorry. But let me just finish this off. But you... You say, okay, well, James Harden don't want to be here no more, right? Because what happened? Injuries happened. Kevin Durant was hurt. Kyrie was hurt. Then it was James Harden out there. And then KD came back. It was KD and James Harden. James Harden wasn't in great shape coming from Houston because he he was unhappy when he left Houston. Let's be real. He loved being in Houston. Obviously, they paid him. You know, he got to, you know, run his numbers up. And... 
you know, obviously, you know, things outside of basketball were there for him. You know, that, that he probably enjoyed a lot. Right. So, I, I don't think he was happy even going to Brooklyn. I think that they saw potential to win, you know, with those three on the court. But those three just couldn't be on the court together. So, then James Harden says, okay, I want out. You trade him to Philly and you you give up the house, basically. Well, not won't say you give up the house, but you give up, a, you know, a good amount for... The hopes that Ben Simmons is going to come back and be like this world-class player or LeBron 2.0 that everybody thought he was going to be. Ben Simmons can't, he can't score the ball. Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons cannot score the ball. Let's just be real. Like, the the man is six foot ten and can't hit an 18-foot jump shot For sure. on the court. That's a fact. But you said something, though, that, that, that triggered me, right? It did start at the James Harden trade, but it didn't start at the fact that James Harden came to Brooklyn. It was the fact that what they traded to get him there, that's really what hurt him. They went without a bench. They they went without a, a, a solidified bench. They had a solidified bench before the trade. After the trade, they did not have a solidified bench, and then injuries came. And then it became worse because now a superstar guy in James Harden or Kevin Durant came to play to Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving was the biggest, I would say the biggest one of the reasons is not only to win the championship, but to not have to exhaust your body doing so, right? So it, it, that part of the, the experiment failed. And then, the, then it just became multiple things with Kyrie Irving and it was just like, okay, we ain't going to never play. And then James Harden, you know, is out of shape and getting back in shape a little bit, but not really. It, it just, it, it was crazy, man. Um, failed experience. They might have a a 15 for 15, not a 30 for 34, but a 15 for 15 because this, that, that experiment didn't last too long. Yeah, no. And this, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what would you give the Kevin Durant trade? See, four, 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 four. What would you What would you give it for Phoenix? I would say it's a it's an A plus. Uh, I mean, I've had this conversation with my boy Wall a couple times now since the trade, and it's a lot of people put. Um, and he explained this to me, and it makes it still makes totally sense, and I agree with it. A lot of people put so much emphasis on how many first round picks that are traded when a guy today. It, it really doesn't matter, right? Think about it. How many guys that are going into the league are a franchise player coming out of high school? I mean, out of college. Not many. Right. So thinking about that and saying, oh, I'm giving up a first-round pick. I am giving up multiple first-round picks of unknown for by a guy in Kevin Durant that I do know who is a great player in this league. I'm giving I'm getting something proven versus unproven. And that's where I kinda I, I kinda lie and say, well, well damn, you know what? He is right. He is right. No the, the, those picks don't matter. It's not like NFL where you could have an NFL team get two or three uh third round picks and them third round picks can pop. And jail with your team and become a, a great player for you. And that's what the NFL is kind of made of, of, of like guys that are third and fourth and fifth round guys to a certain extent. But, I mean, think about the, the, the quarterbacks. The, the, the greatest, some of the greatest quarterbacks are not first round draft picks. But back to that. I think it was a good deal for them, man. Take advantage of it. Try to see if you can... Um, win a, win the finals here this year while it was kind of open, right? Like, I think the West standings is very, very close from top to bottom to a certain extent. I think a couple teams are running with it. So it was smart. And then you as a new owner, you're setting the tone for how you want your franchise to be. Well, what, what better way to do it than to go get a guy like Kevin Durant? No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I give it an A-plus myself. Um, so what would you give? What would you give the trade for Dal- to Dallas for Kyrie? I would say that 
that was kind of, I, I would say, an A-plus as well. They, they traded a guy in Spencer Dinwiddie to back to uh, Brooklyn. Um, they didn't give up nothing. You got Luka. You got Tim Hardaway Jr. Now you have Kyrie Irving. You're good. You didn't really give up much. All you have to do is find you a big if it works, and you you can kind of be there. And and it probably might be like a guy like uh, what's that uh, John Collison or somebody like that that they can go get uh, Evan Turner maybe next year, and they might be okay or decent. Evan, not Evan Turner. Not, my bad, not Evan Turner. And they couldn't be Miles Turner. Miles no, Turner no. just he just signed an extension with, with the okay. Pacers. With okay. the Pacers. Miles yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 But that that is interesting though, it could be because John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks, I believe he is coming up on his. You know, I mean, he can be a free agent after the end of this year. Yeah, it, it can work, man. So there's potential that it can work, but I think Kai ends up in LA. Yeah, no. Uh, but as far as the Kyrie Irving draft or trade, I would for Dallas, I would give that a B because I think that. You give up, okay, especially then when he is a consistent scorer, come off the bench, and you know what I mean? When Luca's not there to provide, he can get you 16 to 25 a night, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like, that's about his range, you know? Because yeah. on, a, on a great night, he's going to have 25, maybe even 30. But on a, like, okay, a solid night, I can get you about 15, 16 points. But I think that it's a B because I lo- even though I love Kyrie, obviously I think he's one of the most skilled players in the NBA to this day. I think that the potential of losing him is greater than resigning him. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So, and I think that's the only reason I would give it anything less than an A. Right? Yeah, because but- because the simple fact that he could just walk in at any given moment, you know, at the end of the season. Agree, I agree with that. That's a good point. You know, but uh, in other news though, around the league, it was some other trades that went down. Obviously. Um, Two Russells were traded, right? Russell Westbrook was traded from the Los Angeles Lakers, and they acquired D'Angelo Russell back to L.A. where he started his career, where he was drafted at. Yeah. Do you like the addition of, you know, and a lot of people, obviously the Kyrie Irving deal didn't fall through, and we, we know that LeBron was even upset about it. But do you think that the addition of D'Angelo Russell is probably the missing piece that at least put him in that playoff push to get him about a six or a five seed. Well, I'll say this, man. I, I think, one, I think it was, I'll talk to a little bit about both things. So, one, I think, yes, it was perfectly a good deal for them because you started to see the Russell Westbrook potentially, I saw signs of potential cancer. In the locker room a little bit. I'm not going to bash him and say he is. But when you have. But when you have them going. At the head coach. At halftime. When you have all of these issues. That they've had. Reportedly. With Russell Westbrook. It's. It's one of those things where it's like. You're not going to get anything for him. It's almost like the Kyrie Irving thing you just said with the Dallas. You're not going to get anything for him. He's going to walk. He's not going to stay next year. His deal is up. Trading, get somebody for him who is tradable assets that you could potentially trade next year, but who can help you. And I think they did that. I think they got a, a, a point guard who can play on and off the ball. I think they got him a point guard who can shoot the ball pretty well. Um, and then I think they got them a point guard who is a little lengthy and long and, and can get out and run in space and, and help them. Um, I, I think it was definitely one of those uh, trades that can that can help them. I don't know if it moves the needle for them to be like a, uh, a NBA Finals contender, but it definitely helps them. And then they also made... Um, other moves where they picked up Malik Beasley and Vanderfield in a trade, yeah. which was great. They end up beating the uh, Golden State Warriors last night, 109-104. And that addition, I think, was like a 33-point trade. 
that that that's what you want out of a trade. You want to get better, and I think they did get better. Did it move the needle? No, but I think LeBron James and Anthony Davis is the mo- needle movers, and that's what they're gonna need for them guys to be healthy to even try to make a run. Yeah, and I mean, when you look around the league, I think that you know one of the moves that I think was good for the Lakers, you know, specifically. Uh, and this is like no bias, even though I like him coming out of college. But Mo Bamba, I think, is a guy who kind of got lost, you know, after his uh, first two years in the league. But he's got a lot of potential, right? You know, and I think if they use him right in L.A., the one thing I like about him is the guy can shoot. You know, Mo Bamba obviously known for getting rebounds and, block. you know, his defense in the post. You know, no, this is a guy who can go out there to the three-point line and shoot the ball. And, you know, pretty consistently. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about it was I felt like they got they had that in Thomas Bryant. They just didn't play Thomas Bryant enough, right? Um, so I, I'm interested to see what what happens because the thought is is you want to really bring somebody in or have somebody if you could have kept Thomas Bryant as well. You could have tried to play with somebody at the five and then move AD to the four because um, that's what they I think they want to do. But it just I don't know if it'll, it'll be able to happen. No, and and I'm right there with you because Thomas Bryant is one of those young guys that I really look to around the league. Like, yo, no, it's a lot of potential there. Like, he can be really good, you know. But at the same time, I understand because I, from my understanding, he requested a trade, Mm -hmm. you know. But a lot of it, you know, was him seeing the writing on the wall. Like, you know, minutes will be decreased because of the additions that were made. Right. So. And with Anthony Davis coming back, obviously took a lot of his minutes away. But I saw a lot of potential there. You know, obviously, you know, the time that he was able to play with Anthony Davis's uh, absence due to injury, it kind of fared well for the Lakers in, in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And it showed the potential that he has, you know what I mean, and his skill set. So, you know, I, I definitely think that he will, I think that he will kind of flourish in Denver. If I'm being real, you know, especially playing, he can go out there and play play center because they got Jokic, yeah, already for sure. So, or he can play power forward. So, they, and they can switch them or do whatever they want to do, you know, vice versa. So, but you know, outside of that, you know, NBA All Star game coming up. So this week, you know, I think we'll see a few good games until what Tuesday or Wednesday, and then All Star, you know, so. The next two days are pretty much the last days that we get an NBA. Yep. You know, just until after All-Star break. Um, but what we are getting is a Super Bowl. Hold on. And it, they, they might kill me for this, but you, you miss one thing that happened in the NBA world. Oh, well, Le- LeBron. LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. No, they won't kill you for that. No, because, you know, like, so so let me ask you this. So, LeBron James is now the leading scorer in NBA history. Um, to, you, to you, how do you think this um, changes LeBron's legacy? Or does it? For me? Yes. It does not change his legacy. Because I th- where I would rank LeBron, and I have a top five. I have a top five. I, we've discussed my top five before. Yeah. But I have a consistent top five now, and that's what's important. But my top five, I would still have him ranked where I had him ranked prior to him passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I do think that, you know, it's great because it's like, okay, LeBron, everything that they say LeBron had the ability to do, he's done it. They said he could win multiple championships. He's done it. They said he could be an all-time leading scorer in NBA history, and he did it. They said that he could be one of the greatest or most effective players in NBA history. And he's been that throughout his career, right? You know, his ability to to pass the ball, rebound, score the ball has all been consistent throughout his career. You know, he's kind of struggled at first to, you know, with, with winning the championship. But then he found that and he learned how to do that when he went to Miami. You know, and he kind of got that confidence or that leadership that he that he just was needing. And I think that still, in my opinion, he's the second greatest player in NBA history behind Michael Jordan. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'll say for me, um, it doesn't move the needle at all. Um, I think 
if if we really if we if we really want to be honest, I think LeBron James has benefited um, from playing in the game, um, not only starting right away as a young kid with the starving uh, franchise that needed somebody to help take that over. Um, he's also benefited from being on some of the best teams that's been built in the NBA as well, NBA history. No disrespect. I mean, to anybody, you have, in order to be in the finals or winning a finals, you have to have one of the greatest teams assembled in that season. You just do. Like, you don't find that many great teams that don't win championships. And you have to stay healthy. You have to stay healthy. And that's where, like, I kind of, I'm on a fence about because I truly believe something, There, there's something in the water. There's no way he can stay as healthy as he's health, as he stayed playing the way he does. Um, but kudos to him. Um, but I still don't think he's the, the my greatest player to ever play the game. Um, it took him uh, a long longevity t- tenure to be able to eclipse some of these records that he's eclipsing. Um, a lot of these people he's breaking records from, they didn't play nearly as long as him. Um, especially when you look at that scoring list and you see the top five, six to seven guys, those guys didn't play as long as LeBron has. And, and it's not even close. I mean, Mike played like 13 years. So we're talking about LeBron on year 20, right? 13 years. That's seven years. Seven years of dominance he did. If, if Michael Jordan played in, he would have probably been dominant in seven years too. You know what I mean? So, but... Um, no, he's not my goat. I don't think he ever will be. Um, and, and I think that we have a same. I think we have a similar, uh, a similar thinking style when it comes to that LeBron Jordan Michael. Uh, I'm LeBron James Michael Jordan conversation, right? Yeah, and, and it hurts me still. I'll be honest, it hurts me because I even hate the fact that my my boy, rest in peace, is still not in that conversation. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, I think... Injuries kind of hurt him towards the tail end of his career, and I think that's what did it, but that that that, that man deserves... But that's the thing, though. I think it all depends on perspective, right? Like, and, and I'll break it down for you. Take, like, two minutes. I think it depends on perspective of how you view, you know, what we talk about as far as dominance. Kobe got five rings, right? He got two finals MVPs. Obviously, Shaq got the first three. You know, in my opinion, Shaq is the top five NBA player as well. But that's the way I look at it. If you go back and you look at, you know, the impact that Kobe had realistically from the early 2000s, right? He usually finished in the top four, top five in scoring, if not second, right? You know, for scoring titles. So we can say he that. He had a scoring title. Yeah, he, he had a scoring title. But I'm saying, like, early on in his career, when he had Shaq, he still managed to be a top Four score right. in the NBA, right? And if you take the twenty-eight to well, let's say twenty-five to thirty points a game that Shaq was getting throughout that span of them playing together, you may say Kobe averages like thirty-five points a game for that time, right? Right. So his average would go up significantly. And that's the that's the thing is like so Kobe realistically could have probably passed. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if he doesn't play with Shaq for those first, what, six years of his career. But even then, like, before you... you oh, talk, first seven, first, first seven. But you talk about the, the year he tore his Achilles. He was on pace to break it. He was on pace to break it. If he stayed healthy, he would have been on pace to break it. He had that injury. He had a shoulder injury, finger injury. Started to kind of just go downhill and decided that it was time to hang it up. Um, and I think he did it in the, in the right moment, but in the fashion that he did it in. Uh, we, we talk about a Kobe Bryant goes out and scores 63 on his last game. With a win. With the win. You know what? LeBron the- James breaks the record in losing fashion. You know, you know what's crazy though, and and I hate to say this, and because obviously you want to always be number one, right? But I think that when I like think about Kobe's like mindset, I personally think that his goal was never to okay, I want to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar record. Oh. I think that he was like, I want to just pass Michael Jordan because that was always the, the bar for him. That's right? the bar for him. It, but that's the thing is like 
LeBron, and this is another thing I don't, I don't, I don't like. LeBron says, "I don't, I never wanted to break this record." Yes, you did. You wanted it so that you that could be the end all be all to say you are who you are. And we talk go to back to when we talked about chasing stats. That's what he's. I mean, he's continuing to do that so that he could potentially be in top five in all categories. Yeah, in my opinion, no, and and, and I think and that, that sways the the needle for most to say now you are the greatest player of all time. I think that I, I'm just look, and we don't have to stand alone because I mean we obviously we got your football to get to. Yep, but I don't think that's a bad thing. LeBron saying I never want because I think that coming into the league, he just wanted to say, hey. Uh, yeah, obviously, I want to be a great basketball player. I want to be in a discussion for the greatest, you know, greatest basketball players of all time. Because that's always the you don't play the you don't play the game, get drafted number one overall with all these expectations. Because I think he's lived up to everything that they we, we expected from him, or that the, that the, the general society expected from him, right? In the media, like I think that he's done that. So I think him saying that is like a humble like. Okay, like yeah, I I never expected to break the record. I expected to be in the conversation for one of the top guys ever, right? To ever do it, because you don't know going to you know your career. Like I'm gonna play for twenty years. I'm gonna be healthy for twenty years. You know, you you don't have you never go in with that expectation. You just go in with saying, okay, I want to be one of the greatest to ever do it, and I'm sure that that's his mindset. So I don't have an issue with him saying that, but at the end of the day, we have to be realistic. You don't you don't play for twenty years, you know what I mean, and say, okay, well I don't care about none of that stuff. No, you care about it. You know what I mean? Like you do care about it. You because it's there. That's like him if he were to say, I never cared about passing Michael Jordan in rings, that's absolutely a lie. Because I mean, we what did he say before? I'm chasing ghosts. Right? I'm chasing ghosts. Shit that you probably not going to catch. So I'll say this. All of it was semantics in my opinion. Um, yes, of course, you come into the league as a young kid and don't expect to, to, to break a record like that. But after you establish yourself in this league and create some dominancy that he has, you start to look at things like that and say you want that. Um, but neither here nor there. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we have a big matchup. Um, we have the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, on this Super Bowl Sunday, I want to just start with predictions. Oh, well, I mean, my prediction, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Philadelphia minus six and a half. Whoa. So, so I am a betting man now. I'm not going to bet points, um, but I think Kansas City Chiefs is the, the Super Bowl winners, and I think Patrick Mahomes um, etches his name into um, to, to potentially getting his gold jacket uh, when he when he's done because um, he'll win a, a, a Super Bowl MVP as well in this game, and I, I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna he's gonna establish that he's gonna he's gonna make a run for the the, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And I think today it starts. So you think you think Patty you think Patty Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback to ever do it when, when it's all said and done? Um, I think again, like even talking about uh, Tom Brady, and you talk about LeBron James that we just got finished finished talking about. Um, I think if 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 that that's I mean that's clear that's clear what Patrick Mahomes' goal is. Um, I think he said it since day one. He hasn't hidden it like LeBron has. He said he wants to be the greatest. He, he said he wanted to be better than Tom. So, um, I think he can get there if he stays healthy. I think this year, Patrick Mahomes has shown me that you could give him almost anybody and he's going to make it work. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say that the guys that he got, Juju and... Um, um, Marquez Bell Scanlon. Yeah. Bell Scanlon. So so those guys like that, I'm not gonna take none away from them. But I think those are guys that are, you know, number twos, number three guys. They they don't have 
They have Travis Kelsey, who's the big, they're, they're one. And then the rest of those guys are, you know, you could almost find a number two on some teams that are better than those guys, right? Yeah. I you, mean, you can. You, you can. can. So, I, I but, just. But some, some number twos are number ones on other teams, though. Like, 100%. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so, I think those guys are, you know, you plug them on most teams. There are two or three. Um, but to do the to 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 put the numbers up that he's put up this year, um, with not a dominant deep ball threat that they had with Tyreek Hill, like we don't like we wouldn't have never said at the beginning of the season, no Tyreek Hill, they're not going they're going to the Super Bowl. Said that I think we would have sat there in the conversation because we always because what do we say? They still got Patrick Mahomes 100%. and Travis Kelsey, but like I think we would have potentially put a couple other teams in front of them, potentially, potentially. So to do this, man, I, I just like I just think he's elevated the guys around him. It's almost like he's taking the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan effect and elevated guys around him. Um, he's done it along with the great coach of Andy Reid. Um, and Travis Kelsey, I think, has been one of those guys that, you know, has been very, very committed to football, especially after coming back from his college days with at UC. Um, so, like, I, I think that, yes, he, he's, he's, he's chasing it. And I think if he can continue to play how he's been playing, they're going to be set up for – um, some some nice rewards in the future. We're talking about a defense that's young, right? So now they don't have to pay anybody on the defensive side of the ball as much. That team could be scary. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs can be a scary team for the next five years. No, and, and I won't disagree with you. I won't disagree with you, but it's, I mean, a few key things that we you talked about, right? Uh, obviously, one, Andy Reid. Andy Reid is an amazing coach. I love Andy Reid. If you ask me, and this is my football opinion, I think Andy Reid is the greatest coach of all time. And that's just my football opinion. I mean, obviously, like, people revert to, you know, saying, oh, well, what about uh, Bill Belichick? He got the rings. You know, and, and I understand that. But I'm saying from a complete, just a pure stamp, a football standpoint, I would give that to Andy Reid. You know what I mean? No, before you before you go, and I want to remember, I don't want to forget this. Nobody says Phil Jackson is the greatest coach of all time anymore. Which is crazy. Which is crazy to me. But I said it to say you brought up Bill. No. And, yeah. and here shortly, one will say that Bill is not the greatest football coach of uh, Well, and I just said it. But, but no. I, um, and I think that that's, that impacts this game specifically so much because I think for Andy Reid, this is like not only just a Super Bowl, which is already like the biggest game you can play in, but it's against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? The team that kind of gave up on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they kind of they kind of did him like they did McNabb. You know what I mean? Like it was it was bittersweet, but I guess it had to happen, right? Like they didn't they didn't see it at the vision anymore. But then you have a team like Kansas City where they like, okay, well we got a guy coming over uh, from San Francisco named Alex Smith. He was a former first-round pick, but he showed a few flashes, but we don't know if he can be that guy. Andy Reid turned him into a Pro Bowl, you know what I mean, like a, a, a Pro Bowl guy year in, year out. And then you see Andy Reid being the mastermind that he is, and what are they doing in the draft? Everybody's like, yo, Deshaun Watson is there. That's the clear pick. Shit, even I thought it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. They, they draft Patrick Mahomes, and people were like, whoa, whoa what is this? Like, Patrick Mahomes from Texas A&M, like, yeah, he put up godly numbers because they threw the ball 50 times a game. 100%. But we don't see Patrick Mahomes start his first year. He sat behind Alex Smith. He came in, started his second season, won the MVP. Like, that, like the things that Andy Reid has done, the way he's helped, the way he's constructed and built that team, I think that we don't really give enough credit to what he's done there. You know what I mean? I, and, and I think that that's where we kind of have to, you know, obviously the, the, the talent shows favor in Philadelphia, right? On both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts came in, second round pick. Should have been, a, in my opinion, a first round pick. He was, a you know, a Heisman runner-up. You know, then when it be, Joe Burrow won that, that year. But 
and rightfully so. But you know, Jalen Hurts has got everybody's like, ah, can he be a, a franchise quarterback at the beginning of the season? They were saying, well, he can't really pass the ball. He's too inconsistent from that standpoint. You know, he, he can run the ball, but that's about it. You know, that's his, which is his biggest threat. That's obviously his feet are his biggest threat. But I think that getting him the essential tools that he needed on the outside with Devontae Smith being in his second year, A.J. Brown being a consistent uh, player that he's been, you know what I mean? Probably the best receiver they've had since Terrell Owens in 2004. And that's, that's even me putting that over Deshaun Jackson. Like, and I love Deshaun Jackson. I'm a huge, bro, I've been an Eagles fan literally since 99. A.J. Brown is probably the best receiver they've had since Terrell Owens. Agreed, 100%. Um, but I also think you brought up D-Jack, and it's just crazy. Not only you say A.J. Brown is the best, but I also say that Devontae Smith may be the best deep threat they've had since Deshaun Jackson. Since Deshaun Jackson, yes. But I'm saying that A.J. Brown is an even better receiver than Deshaun Jackson was. Oh, 100%. You know, but I'm just... From, from, a, from a skill set standpoint. 100%. 100%. But, but do you think that Devontae Smith... The, which is crazy because I want to say something. Devontae Smith, if they win the Super Bowl will be the most decorated receiver in football history. Yes. Even like Jay Rice got the he's got more rings, but from a like accolade standpoint, yep. you talk about everything he did his last year in Alabama to coming into the league and then winning the Super Bowl. And and, and to be honest, like the writing ain't on the wall yet, but if he could eclipse a Super Bowl win, a Super Bowl MVP on top of everything he's done, yes, man. I, that that's just the Devontae Smith special, and I I think it's his his talent and what he could do continues to get overlooked because of a guy like AJ Brown. And which is crazy because what did I just say? I said it's some guys that are number twos on other teams are number ones on other teams. One hundred percent. Which 100%. is this is one of those cases. Just like in Cincinnati, you got T Higgins, who in my opinion. If you put him on another team, is a number one receiver, hands down. Yeah. You put him on Green Bay today, he's the number one receiver. Green Bay better be calling. You put him on Kansas City, he's the number one receiver. Yeah. You put him with the uh, shit. You, you, put him, you put him. I don't know if he's the number one receiver because. I mean, they got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is their number one. He's, he's the. And, and even, even with Tyreek Hill there. When he was there, I think Travis Kelsey was the number one. It was the number one B was 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 Tyreek. Which I guess it would be the same situation. Yeah. But you put him with the Chicago Bears, he's the number one. You put him with the Atlanta Falcons, he's the number one. Like they need to do my boy Justin Fields some service and get him. Which is crazy, right? Like, and and, and we, that's the conversation for another podcast. That's we a, got a lot of catching up. To yeah, do. we got because I I feel I feel a strong way about a lot of things that transpired. Like, and I look back to last year. And I'm like, man, what if San Francisco didn't draft Trey Lance but drafted Justin Fields? They would be in the Super Bowl. I agree. <laughs> but but that's the conversation for another day. Yes. Just like I would say, what if the Jets didn't say, let's draft Zach Wilson and draft Justin Fields? They may have made the playoffs yes. and been a Super Bowl, but, you know, contended team. Because, I mean, they have one of the, you know, if not, they, the oh, they have the best young receiver in the league and Garrett Wilson. Hands down. Hands down. But, another story for another day. But let's get back to the Super Bowl. Um, look, when it comes down to it, I think that Patrick Mahomes, yes, he is an elite talent. One of the greatest talents I've seen Like with, as far as being able to throw the ball ever. He's up there with Aaron Rodgers as far as talent level. Well, arm talent level, right? Yes, yeah, 100%. And, and, and the ability to escape the pocket and, you know, throw on a run across his body, like, crazy. But I think that it's something about this Philadelphia Eagles team. When I mean, I, it's it's something about that, that grit, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You got, what, four guys who are, the, you know, double-digit sack guys. You know, at the end of the day, I think this is, is going to be one of those games that's very close until the end. And I think Philadelphia is going to be a major play, like a, a turnover, 
And it's going to really just change the whole momentum of the game. If I think Philadelphia takes it, I mean, we could see a 10-point game. I think we could see a 10-point game tonight in this Super Bowl. And it won't be a 10 points like, oh, they were just beating them. Man, I think it's going to be a 10 points like, oh, man, it was just, you know, they were just down three points. And then, you know, it, it, it came over. They ran away with it. And they, they end up getting another touchdown. You're talking about a 10-point 10 10 point game. But, and, you know, and I would hate that because I do believe, and I'm, I'm going on record to say this right now, this – Will probably be no, not probably. This will more than likely be the last game that we probably that we will see Andy Reid coach in. I think that he will retire after this game. If they win, especially, but even if they lose, I think that we may see him say something like, "You know, I'm, I'm gonna take time away for you know to see what I want to do going forward after this year." Because I think if you look at it, Eric Bieniemy he interviewed for a few jobs this year, right? Uh, right. During the, play, during the playoffs, but he did not accept any job. And I think that we see Eric Bieniemy going to that role as the head coach in Kansas City. I think. Whoa, 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 whoa! I think this is not Andy Reid's last game coaching. Um, I think that Eric Bieniemy has taken his name out of some hats because I think he he kind of could know the writing on the wall. The thought is is he's in a, he's potentially going to be front runners for some offensive coordinator positions at other places. Um, yes, he's a coordinator there with the Kansas City Chiefs, but the hill that I died on, I think the the past two years of he is the OC, da 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 da, and now it's just so much more clear to me that he's not the OC. Um, it it is clear to me he's not calling the plays, and Andy Reid is calling the plays majority of the time. He is the run game coordinator, which he suggests run plays to Andy Reid. But I, I, I think um, I think he's going to go off on his own to be a, a, an OC, a true OC, where it's 100% his way um, and, and his saying and doing to go forward. The only thing I don't like about that is that I feel like you're moving the goalposts for him. No, and I do. And I, like, obviously, like, and I've heard it before. Like, and I don't like that people move the goalposts for Eric Bieniemy, right? What do you mean? Because Doug Peterson didn't call plays in Kansas. Hold on, hold on. Doug Peterson did not call plays in Kansas City as the offensive coordinator. He went on to be a head coach. Agreed. Matt Nagy did not call plays in Kansas City. Went on to be a head coach. Agreed. Eric Bieniemy, if he does the same thing, but they're having the same success in Kansas City, he shouldn't have the goalpost move for him because the same thing is happening. But the other two guys got jobs. We can't we can't say oh he can do this job but he didn't call plays he can do this job but he didn't call plays hell Zach Taylor was the quarterback coach with the Rams he wasn't even an offensive coordinator and he didn't call plays I'm not giving him excuse or moving the goalposts to a certain extent to say he cannot be a head coach what I am saying is I believe he's realized that that. Is stopping him from being a head coach. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not agreeing. I'm not sitting here and agreeing with that. What I am saying is, I think because of the rumors and the knowledge of knowing he is not calling the plays, we know what the real is. He's a black man not doing those things. So now I think he has to put himself in situations where he has to do what they're saying that he's not doing consistently so then there's no no question it's like it's almost like he's trying to check off every box that is a requirement for him air quotes to be a head coach y'all want me to be a true oc i'm gonna go do that and i'm gonna show you i'm good at it 
and then I'm gonna go apply for another head coaching job, and what is gonna be your excuse now? So it's 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 those things that I'm saying. Not to say that it's it's okay for what they're doing. No, it's not okay. But at the end of the day, this is the route it looks like he's going. Now, will he fail or will he succeed? That is a whole nother question. Yeah, and 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 that's I mean a lot of that's contingent upon what teams allow him to do as a head coach. You know, how much power and authority they give him with player personnel, things like that. Like, you know, can he construct this team the way he really wants to construct this team? Or are you just going to give him some guys and he just got to make do? And I think that's the important part, right? That's got to be. Yep. Big facts. So, you know, which Andy Reid actually, he has a big hand, you know, as a, you know, with player personnel with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, just to, just to throw that out there. But, uh, but other than that, man, yeah, I'm I'm taking Philadelphia tonight. Uh, if I'm gonna go out on a limb and and say a score, I'm gonna say it's gonna be 38-28 Philadelphia. Like I said, I'm not gonna go with the score. I'm, I, I say that Kansas City wins the ball, wins the game, and how many how many points are they winning? Like on a field goal last. Last second field goal. Is it coming down to the final drive? It's coming down to the final. I could say that. I think it's coming down to the final drive. Heroic um, Patrick Mahomes puts on his cape and, and goes out there and beat Batman and and, and and win the game for a team. Okay. But what what if I told you it was going to be a plot twist? What if the Kansas City Chiefs defense outplayed the Philadelphia Eagles offense? Um, I also think that that is possible. Um, I think that Jalen Hurts is still. I'll say this: if we go back, if we go by what we've saw thus far, and I can't like the injuries wise. I think Jalen Hurts' shoulders is is bothering him. Not really bothering him, but I think it's hurting him to be able to throw the ball downfield a lot more. Um, so I, I believe it. The last time I saw him throw the ball downfield. He's. I think he's. I think I. I saw the other day. He's one for nine since the injury on deep balls downfield. Now, granted, they ran the ball, tried to run out the clock um, against the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. But you're talking about playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes, where you're going to have to put up points to potentially try to beat with them. I think they're. I think the Kansas City defense is pretty damn good. I think they're underdogs as far as what they got. They're playing a lot of youth. Um, guys on that defense, a lot of guys that are in their one to three year range starts for their defense. Um, so I, I think that they could do that. Um, they've they've played pretty well throughout this playoff, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they held the can. I mean, uh, Philadelphia Eagles because if they can't throw the ball downfield, I don't think they get hurt. Um, I think they're going to be able to stop the RPO. Um, I think they're going to be the stock the read option as well uh, with Jalen Hurts, and I, I I think this is a game for Kansas City to be honest. Yeah, no, and I, I won't lie. I like I, I'm very scared because I do know it's personal for Andy Reid, and and I tell I tell people since you know last week because I, I always felt there would be Kansas City and Philadelphia in the you know in the Super Bowl, and I felt I felt this is a feeling. This is not like I, I'm making my predictions based off football logic. But my feeling is Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles and retires because he's got nothing left to prove. He gets to leave out saying, I beat the team that gave up on me. I I beat the owner who gave up on me because they wanted to go young, new, and they with Chip Kelly. And we saw how that worked out, right? But it got ultimately it worked out for him because they got to a Super Bowl victory. Right? But they gave up on Andy Reid. But I will say this. No, go ahead. I thought it was kind of interesting too is um, when Andy Reid got to Philly, Soriani was there and he fired him and didn't want him on the staff. Yeah. I think it's kind of ironic that this happens and now it's like you know, it, it, it's 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 probably Soriano 
coaching against his idol to to a certain extent. Like he probably loved Andy Reid, but also hated him for the fact that he he let him go and didn't give him an opportunity. Which is, I mean, it's a big, it's a big like tree, like coaching tree, like I guess um, parody that's going on here in this game, right? Because you had Doug Peterson, who was part of Andy Reid's coaching tree. Who went on to Philadelphia and then hired Frank Reich on his team as you know under his coaching tree as the offensive coordinator. Then you have him go over to Indy. He takes Nick Sirianni because remember Sirianni was also a part of that Philadelphia Eagles team, but he goes over to Indy with Sirianni. Sirianni becomes the offensive coordinator and then he goes to Philadelphia as a head coach. Like so, it's it's a, it's a, it's very is is very relatable when you talk about the coaching tree parody here, right? So, but everything lead, goes back to Philadelphia, right? Yep. Everything goes back to Philadelphia. But, um, uh, man, it, it's been a lot of fun. But uh, before we get out of here, I got to say this. We don't have to really speak on it. But I, I do want to let you know it's been breaking news. It's been reported. Uh, Ian Rap report came out. He reported on Twitter about 25 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago now. Uh, Derek Carr has come out and said that he will not accept the trade with the New Orleans Saints or any other team in the NFL. And they will more than likely have to release him. The only way to part ways with Derek Carr at this point. And I want to say, good hey, good for you, Derek Carr, because that's a player taking control of his career. 100%. Um, he's smart, though. The... The Raiders are going to want something in return. I don't want to go to a team who's going to have to either deplete their draft picks and or trade a significant player for me to go play. And it hurts me. It hurts the team. So you say Derek Carr makes this move to say, hey, I don't want to hurt the team that I'm trying to go to. Also... Now you gotta you gotta cut me and let me walk, and so I can go get another deal as well. And you don't get anything in return. Any return? Yeah, I mean that's, that 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 man is out here playing chess. Everybody know that you've moved on from him, so you don't want him. And and that's the that, that's another pet peeve I have that that that's a mine. If you don't want somebody. And you're in the National Football League and or the NBA. How am I going to trade for a guy you don't want? There's no value, in my opinion, right? You don't want him. Why am I going to put value on a guy you don't want? You're going to have to cut him. You're going to have to cut him. And then he can go sign where he wants to go. Or he hits waivers, etc., etc. But still... And if if that like if I'm trading for a guy I know that you openly don't want, I'm not gonna give you what you want. I'm giving you the lowest trade value I can give you. One hundred percent. Like that, it makes no sense. So no, I think you're a, a thousand percent right. But I did just want to say like I'm I'm happy to see Derek Carr taking control of his career in that fashion. And you know, honestly, I I think this is a conversation we need to pick up on the next episode, right? So. Episode 90, we will talk about this specifically. So, want to thank everybody out there for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast. Um, it's, it's been great being back. Yes, yeah. sir. I'm glad. Back outside, boys. Back as, outside. as Drake would say. Um, but, no, we are happy to be back potting and, you know, just looking forward to a great Super Bowl. And until next time, we out of here. Peace.